Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Kinetic Conversations Financial Podcast, episode 20. I can't believe it, we are here. And today the topic is gonna be love, money, and relationships. Now obviously when you hear me say that, you're like, what the heck could he be talking about? How does he know about that? But don't worry, I have a very, very special guest Backed by popular demand. This is her first time, but nonetheless, I'm really excited to have her. My wife, Caitlin. Welcome to the show, sweetie. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much, love, for having me. And I'm so excited to talk with you all about the tips, tricks, and secrets. I'm <laughs> Absolutely, <just kidding. laughs> for sure. No, super excited to have her. Um, and the reason why I wanted to have her is because is she's really she's really terrific. She obviously holds down our home. She's my business partner. Um, I run so many of our ideas as a team, a tandem, as we uh, navigate the world of business, build, building a real estate company, and so many other ventures that we're involved in or getting involved in. And um, I thought that she, j- she could just really give some terrific insight. Um, it is a real challenge out here now just trying to navigate as a young millennial couple love, money, and relationships. And so I thought that this would be an awesome opportunity to really capitalize on that, to kind of talk about the boogeyman under the bed, some of those things that people don't want to talk about as it pertains to gender roles, old traditions around finances, you know, women in the workplace, so many different things. And I, we're going to get into all of that. And I'm really excited. So um, as we as we go into it, we all know that money has been one of the leading causes when it comes to relationship strain, uh, when it comes to divorce. And when you mix love with that, that can be an even more acrimonious combination, right? So I wanted to have a perspective that I think is unique because we live it every day. We live with each other every day. Um, But I think that we do a really good job at it. So as we get into it, let's go ahead and kick it off. So my love, when you when you hear a phrase like love, money and relationships, what are some of those initial things that come to mind? Because obviously, you know that, you know, love, like I said, it's one of those 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 big, beautiful things that's indescribable. And it's like, hey, you know, you your feelings, you know, they always say don't mix love and business. So when you hear something like love, money and relationships, what are some of those things that kind of you know, hit your senses to say, hmm, this is how I feel about that. I think love, um, well, all three of those, love, money, and relationships, people are so caught up always on thinking it has to be something. And we get Mm. that from Hollywood, right? right? I think it goes into, as kids, we watch movies and we see something and we're like, this is what love has to be. This is how you know, what money needs to be of the man needs to make all the money. I need to stay home. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, And I just think it's something that people need to honestly just live by organically. Know what you want as a person. Right. um, And bring that into it when you are dating, right? And have those conversations of this is, you know, what I like. This is what I think about love. This is what I think, you know, a relationship should be, et cetera. Um, And not put our idea of love out there because I think it blocks us from a lot of things. I agree. And I think the same when it comes to money. Uh, We go to school, right? We're taught as a kid, go to school, get a good job. Mm -hmm. Getting that good job, right, is either 50000 or it's 100000 or, you know, whatever it is that you have of your goal. But I think we get so caught up around that of I have to make six figures or I have to make seven figures. And then it's like we're constantly in a pursuit or chasing, 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 and we're never satisfied. Right. And I think that's the same when it comes to love. Our relationship is not like the ones we see in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Or our relationship is not like our best friends. So what's wrong with us? It, there is nothing wrong. You're your own, you know, your right. own couple. It's just got to be organic. Think, again, right. we just, 
so honestly, when I think about that, my mind goes in all different directions because I think um, it's a powerful. Yeah, and it's it's a very like multifaceted and layered concept. I totally Correct. agree with you. I actually knew you were who I wanted to marry. Just adding some context to to our relationship. I actually knew you were who I wanted to marry actually based on a financial conversation that we had as friends, which is crazy. I remember we were sitting in front of you were living obviously at a distance and I was in front of a Dunkin Donuts. Um, and I just remember like I was headed into the gym and we were talking about money and you were kind of giving me your philosophy. And I was so intrigued because obviously not saying that this is not the case because there's a lot of astute business women out there, but you were like the first like younger woman that I, that I had ever interacted with that I was like, man, she like really has a really strong concept and knowledge base around finances. You just kind of understood very logically and pragmatically how finances worked. So I knew very early on you were who I wanted to marry because I'm like, she just really understands business. And obviously you have a lot of other cool things like you got a cute smile and a nice waist and all those, (laughs) (laughs) you know, a lot of other other great things. But I just remember that was one of the leading, the leading things that really attracted me to you. Does that surprise you? Knowing that, that I was so intrigued by like your financial acuity and that type thing. No, um, and I say that just because that, like, people don't know, like he said, um, back when we were friends, we've been rocking for a while now, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people don't know that, but in our friendship, we were really great friends, and it doesn't surprise me, because if people could be a fly on the wall and listen to some of the conversations we have, and specifically at that, you know, those years, years ago, the conversations we have were so deep. Right. And I feel like we built a great connection and like we really got to know one another. Um, and it just doesn't surprise me because the type of person you are and the person that you continue to show me um, by just the little things you did on a daily basis, you know. Um, and like I said, the conversations we have, we were just both very like minded. Yeah. For and sure. I think, you know, I was just open and was like, hey, this is, you know, what I think, this is what you think. And we were able to balance off, you know, one another. So you said you seen a little bit about like the type of person I was in college. Did you sense that I was more financially, I guess, stable than most people? Or what What? What were some of those things that you saw, obviously, that made you say, OK, he seems a little bit different or he seems to, you know, have a plan or a path forward? Yeah, it was different. I mean, you have to think in college, right? Most people are partying all the time. Right. They're worried about what they're buying, you know, just hanging out with friends, doing all the normal things that you would do. And I think you were always different because you were the first person I knew in college who had a full-time job (laughs) and was going to school. Right. Truly, most people you met, right, were like, hey, I'm a full-time student. My parents, you know, pay the credit card bill or they send me money. Right. And you were the only one I knew that was working had, you know, a nice car, obviously, whereas some people, you know, were riding the bus or whatever. Oh, whoa. No, no, no. And it's yeah, not yeah. about the materialistic things at not. all. I'm just saying those, again, were just things that like, hmm, he's doing something different, right? He's the small majority versus, you know, what everybody else is doing right. in college at that time. And I think, you know, those little things just stood out like I said during conversations or you weren't at the club you know every every weekend or you know just spending your money on things that most college kids spend their money on no that's true and I think that that was actually where I kind of developed and engendered my relationship with financial like I guess financial literacy is because I just remember 
like so many times I got serious and it was kind of crazy because you and I were standing somewhere yesterday. Oh, we were at the mall and you seen there was a young man who was trying to get pre-approved for a credit card. Mm -hmm. Right. And you Mm -hmm. were telling people like you were like, yo, I remember you referenced that with me. And I had told you my experience of like, I didn't even know what my credit score was until I went to go try to get a vehicle. And they slid it back to me and was like, hey, sir, your credit is. And I looked down at it. It said 596. And I'm like, holy moly. I didn't know. You know, I didn't know it was like that because I had just never been been taught those things. Obviously, you know, 700 obviously was like the number that you always hear people say, oh, you got a 700 credit score. But I never uh, obviously knew about that. We're a lot higher now. Just <laughs> just to give you guys an update. We probably, <laughs> you know, but, but early on, I just didn't know. So I really started to develop a relationship with financial literacy where I would literally just stay in my apartment and just research, you know, credit utilization rates and, you know, just understanding how do you grow your credit, secure credit cards, so many different things that obviously contribute to the financial literacy arm. Uh, so I'm really glad that you were able to see that. So shout out to right. you for, uh, <laughs> cool. That's cool. No, and that's awesome. And I think that everybody needs to go through that experience. Um, you know, in your case, it was like that. Hey, I want to buy a new car. Right. They bring back your credit. And you're like, Oh man, I didn't even know, you know, know. I didn't know they did such a thing. Right. But then you were able to learn and now, you know, moved on way past that, but that gives you that opportunity. Um, whereas, you know, I was fortunate enough when I was younger and my dad taught me stuff like that, you know, and got me prepared going off to college and, you know, but I think not everyone is afforded those opportunities, but sometime in life it will happen. And I think it's great. And I think people just need to continue to learn from those experiences you know and continue to make themselves better no i agree and i think that just to just to kind of put a bowl on this part i think that transparency is really important and i always tell people that it's not so much important to always know what you are but it's better to know what you are not so what i mean by that is is like i wasn't really wasteful in regards to like dating and all those different things because i knew what i was not like i already had an expectation in my head of like when I finally settle down and find somebody like I want my credit score to be this, I want to be in this particular financial position. And it was very early and easy for me to say, with a 596 credit score, there's work that needs to be done. I'm not ready to be in a committed, long term monogamous relationship or whatever the case was. And so that was kind of my philosophy on that. So I can't stress enough the importance of being transparent as an individual first before you try to get somebody else to ride shotgun with you, you know, Financially, because like I said, financial. You gotta be ready. Yeah, love, money, and relationships can be very, very acrimonious, and it can be, you know, daunting if you don't have a plan and you're not good in your own individual situation. So that's what we wanted to do. So, sweetie, as I transfer over, uh, this is going to segue perfectly into the the next question: Is how important was financial stability when you were looking for a spouse, and why? Because, was, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say it was extremely important to me. Um, it wasn't one of those where I was, you know, out dating people and I'd be like, oh, goodness. what's your credit score? How much money do you have in the bank? <laughs> right. Yada, yada. You know, I would never ask those things, but it was important. And what I say, um, when I say important is like that. When you and I were having the song conversations, right? You pick up on those things. And I think, you know, when we were friends to then when I was dating other people before, you know, we're together now, obviously, you are able to pick up on different, um, you're able to pick up on different things that they do, right? Right. Or what they talk about. And you can just see by actions. Um, And I don't mean anything, but do they hold a job? Like, I know people, you know, that may sound crazy, but it's true. 
are they going to work every day or are they just getting a job and then it's like okay i don't feel like it so i quit you know those things are very important and for me um i guess that's where i am very traditional as far as my growing up um my dad was always the provider and my mom you know worked here and there but she mostly stayed home took care of us kids um and so i was kind of taught like hey you know the man man is a household he's there to provide and i'm not saying i 100 percent agree with that and i think we can get into that a little bit you know later in this podcast but um i'm not saying i agree with those gender roles and how that has to be however he was always there and provided that stability for right. me so i knew in a husband um or a long committed relationship that i wanted someone who I could count on and was going to be financially mm, stable. Right. I have my own, but if I needed something, you know, I knew he had it. Not like, oh, babe, you know, I guess I could pick up a shift this weekend and then I'll try to get you the money. You know what I mean? Right. I wanted to know that that stability was there. Um, and that was something, yeah, very important for me. No, that that's good. For me, I don't think early on I thought about it as much. But then I think as I gotten older and obviously being single for like an advanced age as I was like nearing late 20s going into 30, which I'm not 30 yet. But, you know, as I was like transitioning into that, I think I was able to actually hone like a criteria of like, this is what I look for in a particular, you know, spouse, partner, mate, wife, whatever the case was. And so for me, I actually kind of had a little bit of a grid of like, this is what I want in a person. You know, I wanted like financial literate, like for them to be financially literate. Obviously, I had some other things like, you know, I wanted them to obviously, you know, be spiritual and all those different things. But um, that was something that I, I took into consideration. And then when I met you, I think I got spoiled because I was like, even just as friends, I was like, here's a young woman who is business savvy. Obviously, your dad was an entrepreneur as well. Mm-hmm. So you understood the importance of like ownership and all those type things. And that was something that I also wanted to like, I wanted to follow. I want to be a businessman, you know what I mean? Like a legit businessman and whether, you know, I'm a hundred percent an entrepreneur or I work and then we have a company on the side or companies. Um, that was something that was really important to me. And I thought that you could provide a very unique sense of perspective because you know what that is. Um, and not to go too much off path, but my, my new wife, her, her father is Chinese. So they have a really big, um, I guess they place a really big importance on, you know, being being business savvy, but being frugal at the same time and also understanding um, that you don't throw things away. So I just really appreciated that. And I, I learned a lot from you. So thank you so much, fellas. Get you somebody who you can learn from. <laughs> Likewise, ladies. So. All right, sweetie, as we transition, when you think about money concepts, so I'm talking about traditions. You already touched on this gender roles. What are some of your likes and dislikes? So you already talked about like, does the you know, does the woman have to stay at home? Does the man have to be the provider? Because we're millennials. So obviously we see it differently now. Um, I think that oftentimes um, the provider can can tie that in the meaning I get to make all the decisions. Right. Right. And I know that that's something that you and I early on placed a big emphasis on of like we wanted each other to be equally heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of talk to me about what are some of those likes and dislikes? Do you love it all? Do you like it all in between? Talk to me about that. No, absolutely. Um, I'll touch base on kind of what I said earlier is I absolutely um, am that millennial. I hate gender roles. I look at it as we're in this relationship together, right? We're a team. We both need to contribute. 
granted, yes, there's things that I may do better, you know, that you don't or things that you do better. So at the same time, I think you just need to really kind of hone in on, hey, I'm a better cook. So, you know, I'll be the one probably cooking majority of the days or, you know, vice versa. But I hate then this is me personally. I'm not, you know, trying to make any of you women or men mad out there or whatever. This is just me. And this is also what works for him and I, but I very much don't want a household where my husband, you know, is like, I'm the one who makes all the money. You're going to stay home. I want a meal cooked for me when I get home. Right. You need to do my laundry, etc. I want the big piece and of chicken. Correct. It is controlling, you right. know, my life and my spending and everything. That's just not what I want and vice versa. If I was the one, you know, holding down the house and he, you know, I just don't expect that. Um, right. So I definitely don't like that. Um, and that's just something I that it. I don't really believe in. But again, that's my opinion. Um yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, touching on gender roles a little bit more, like that's something that obviously, you know, I talked to my friends about and you and I talked offline and we talk ad nauseum about this. But that was something that I had to, you know, I stand up to a lot of my guy friends just being like, I'm not a traditionalist in regards to I feel like your lady has to have a lesser voice in the relationship or anything like that. I'm like, all of my biggest business decisions, I run by run by you first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and we talk about it and we play through scenarios. And I know that you you uh, have entrusted me to make smart, you know, logical decisions. But I think that um, that's something that's really important. Even before we got married, we would have so many conversations around, hey, should I pay my car off? I'm looking at purchasing this rental property. What do you think about all of that? And um, obviously, you know, when you're posting it on social media or anything, people look at me like Kenneth made that, that decision, you know, Uh, singularly or whatever the case is. But I always tell people like, no, this is a tandem. You know, there's definitely a source um, work. I don't want to say behind because you're not behind me, but there's always like somebody standing next to me saying, hey, this is how we should move as well. So you do a really good job at uh, providing that support and just additional perspective on that. So I'm totally with you on that. So she touched on this earlier and I just want to reinforce it again. Don't understate the importance of having something that is personalized and specialized to your relationship or how you want it to be. Part of our success is because we keep it organic. We don't be out here trying to, you know, do anything different than just being organic and being ourselves. So thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. So we all know that differing values can make it very hard to communicate with your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend about money because each person has a different set of ideas. But what is important is you got to remember that the goal is we're a team, right? So Mm -hmm. if the team, if the goal is for the team to win, you can cut through a lot of that other stuff. So you have to be willing to be open, be communicative and say, hey, this is what my concept, you said this early, this is my concept on love. And when we first started dating, you were very open and honest with me out front of like, this is the type of lifestyle. This is the type of perspective that I would like. Talk about that. No, I just wanted to say at first, I don't want to say we disagreed, but I will put it out there. I'm like, man, (laughs) you know, not every man, what I said probably would have stayed, but guess right. You know, like right. you always say in your famous thing, it's true. The right man will elevate. And I specifically right now I'm speaking obviously cause I'm a female, so I can't speak, you know, for talk you and talk for sure. But for myself, I most definitely communicated and put it out there. Like, Hey, you know, I'm at this age, 
yeah, I have time, but at the same time, I'm not in middle school again. I don't want just a boyfriend and have a different one every, you know, couple months. Right, right. I'm looking for a spouse. These are the things that I want in a spouse. This is where I plan to go. These are, this is the lifestyle that I want. I'm willing, obviously, to help contribute to that lifestyle. But this is, you know, this is what, this is really what I want. Of course. And, you know, <laughs> you and I had that conversation. And I tell you all the time we talk about it. We were in the car in a construction zone. And I still remember <laughs> we were driving right. slower. And I said, look, you know, if we're going to do this thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, babe, this is, this is it. And I remember your response actually was like, okay. You know, um, I hear you, you know, I'm going to need a little bit of time and I'm not afraid to tell people, you know, I told him actually the other day we were talking about this and I said, you know, in my mind, I already had made up like, you know what, I'm fine being me and I'm whole and I do know what I want. So Mm -hmm. I know that there's still love out, out there for me. So if he doesn't want that, I'm cool to move on. Right. You know, I was kind of preparing myself for like, if you came back and you're like, Hey, that's just not what I want. Okay. That's fine. You know, but I just wanted to be able to communicate that. And I think that's the biggest thing is you guys have to just be up front and open from the beginning and say, look, this is what it is. Take it or leave it, essentially. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, respectfully, it's nothing rude. But, you know, at the same time, we have to all protect ourselves, I think, financially, our hearts, you know, in Absolutely. all the ways. And the only way we can do that is by communicating how we feel and what we want and, you know, let the other person receive it. Absolutely. So obviously we're discussing love, money and relationships here on the Kinetic Conversations Financial Podcast. So I want to throw kind of a curveball question to you about something. So what is it like, obviously, being with someone who is like me, who obviously ambitious? You know, I walk around here all the time quoting, you know, Jay-Z lyrics saying we're going to reach a milli first, <laughs> you know. Um, but obviously, you know, we're we're a very goal oriented couple and that type of thing. Um, you know, when you, when you hear that, like, obviously you have to endure me sitting here, you know, watching all these videos online about IRAs and health savings accounts and, time. you know, index funds and all those different things. How does that make you feel? Cause obviously initially when you were coming in, it was like, this dude is nerdy as all get out. How did that make you feel? No. So truthfully it is, it's funny you bring that up because a, that is you, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but I love you for it. Um, no, honestly, at first it was like, okay, you know, I'm good. I have my stuff together. I mm-hmm. obviously see things and have dreams and finances was important to me. But truly, you were the first person too to actually push me. And I share this all the time at nauseum with my parents of like, one of the reasons too, I was like, you know, I know he's the one is because he challenges me. And at the time, my friends, you know, relationships I had been with, everything I don't really dis, you know, divulge obviously mm-hmm. my bank account or credit score, all these things to them. But, you know, I just always knew in my head. She got things, high credit, y'all. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm beating him right now. Well, she I'll is. Just, she is. She is. Um, no lie. Not anyways, but uh, goes the credit card. I have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Um, but no, I just always knew, you know, in my brain, it was just always like those conversations I felt like I still remember I taught one of my friends was teaching her the difference of like hey you don't have to use a debit card for everything right you know and I'm not gonna that's a whole different you know conversation but the point is I was just telling her 
is yeah the world lives in debt but guess what if you're smart with your money right and you know how to save and you know how to budget all these things you can actually trick the system get a credit okay. card put it on there get your points get, get your, your reward points. points you know come out on right. top but have enough to pay it so you know i was just saying i'm always the one was kind of teaching and but coming around you i was like man this is good. Like, I love it, though. He makes mm. me better. He makes me, you know, like, he's more even crazy on his budget than I ever was, you know, and he still is to this day. <laughs> um, but I love it because he made me elevate even to another level, you know, that where I thought, like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah. So, so I, you know. So I actually great. wanted to touch on that a little bit more. So here we go. We're rolling. And this is how we how we communicate. Um, you You touched on. You touched on obviously my budgeting and that type of thing. And yesterday we were talking, and when when you think about as we go along, you're sitting there, and how how important do you think it is for couples when you're in a relationship to to stick to your guns, right? Because like, I, and I'm just hear me out. So I know a guy when I was coming up, he I think at the time he was like relatively he was relatively known for being like financially stable because I think he had like fifteen or twenty thousand dollars in a bank account. Right. But then at the same time he like once he got married, you know, like circling back, he like I think they he had openly told me like, hey man, like I got rid of like we're right. we're at we're out, right? Because Blue he through. married somebody who didn't share that same that same philosophy mm-hmm. uh around finances. And so obviously going back when you and I first got together I remember we had a conversation because um, you, you had said something like, hey, I really want to try this brunch spot or whatever the case was. And I remember I was like, well, comfortably, I don't feel comfortable going right now. And, and I remember, you know, and you kind of looked at me like, I clearly know he has the money. Right. But I was just like, I don't feel comfortable going because I felt like it was going to be out of my budget. You know what I mean? So. How important do you think that is to be able to stand up, you know what I mean, or to be able to stick to your guns, even if your person may not share the same philosophy? Because obviously, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, I had tens of thousands of dollars in my account right. um, and I could have easily been like, yeah, we're going to go to this restaurant. It's not going to. But I had this goal. How important do you think that is to stick to your guns? Because here I am. I see this beautiful girl that I'm dating. I want to say yes to everything. How important do you think that was and is to a relationship? So important. You have to be able to, again, like we say, communicate. Um, But I think that's where people lose themselves, right? Is get so caught up in trying to be somebody. I feel like that we're not specifically in dating. And then when you go to marriage or whatever, you know, fiance or anything, then it's like, I have to just shower them and say yes to everything all the time. Right. Like you were saying, I want to say yes or whatever. And it's like, you need to learn that it's okay to say no, right? Just like parenting. I don't have kids, but I already know, like, if you have your child, you're going to say no to them sometimes. And guess what? It's okay. They're not going to remember it. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing is you saying no because you know later on the outcome is better, right? So you saying no that day to me on brunch at the time, right? You're just like, oh. Really? Like, we can't go to brunch? But guess what? Later on, you realize, and I'm like, okay, yeah. And obviously, now we're married, and guess what? You're building a better life and a better future for each other. So I think people just can't be afraid of, at times, saying no. And whether that's, in your scenario, because of the budget, or it's truly just saying, hey, look, 
I'm working this kind of job right now. I'm not making a ton of money and right. I truly can't afford it. Right. Just be open and honest about it. That's and I right. think that's the thing where people get in trouble with finances. I agree. In relationships and marriages and everything is because people just want to say yes and they're afraid of telling themselves mm. first. Right. And telling their significant other no. No, that's that's a great point and to obviously reinforce that you know, you and I talk about this all the time when we're when we're driving and we're talking about finances. I always tell you, it is very easy if you are if you don't have any food in the fridge to say, "Hey, I fasted," right? Like I didn't eat. I'm right. fasting, right? right? The challenge is, and the true, the true, I guess, discipline comes when you have a fridge full of food. And you deny yourself and say, hey, I'm not going to eat those fruit snacks. I'm not going to eat. Right. Like that's the real that's the real science. And I always tell people that challenge, like the real science of being like, oh, you know what? I don't have money, so I didn't buy anything. That's the easy part. The hard part is when you open your account and you have 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 100 grand or more in your account. And you still can walk past and say, I don't need those shoes. Right. 100%. I I don't need. And how many times, you know what I mean? We do that on a regular basis where we say for the greater good of our goal, we're not going to spend. We're not going to spend. You know what I mean? We were in the Nike store and they were having like this crazy sale. And we could have loaded up and said, we're going to take 20 pair of shoes. But we were like, okay, how much do we really need? How much do we really want to spend? Buying for excess. Of course. That's what I was going to say exactly is all the time. I think that's where it gets people. It's just because something's on sale. That's exactly right. Doesn't mean you have to buy it. That's right. No, for sure. You know, um. Yeah, I just don't want to go off topic, but there's just those little things I think that everyone needs to be mindful for sure. Um, when you're in relationships and specifically even yourself preparing yourself for a relationship financially is you really need to sit down and have that tough conversation with yourself of like, okay, I'm going out to eat. I bought this meal. Mm-hmm. Do I really need to buy a large drink when I could right. just buy the small and I'm eating here, which means I could go up and get a refill. Yeah. Like I know in the grand scheme of things, you're like, it's $2. But guess what? Those $2 truly add up. And I think over time when you have a goal and all those things, or you have a partner at home, right? And it's like they're laid off or don't have a job and you're the sole provider. But then those 2 and $3 truly right. add up and that can be something. And I I just think when it's with this topic, we're talking about causing conflict or issues in marriages and relationships. It's something small, but that little small thing could truly cause a big fight in the marriage because guess what? You do those small things day in and day out, it blows up. And what's more invaluable than that is the the mental discipline that you, you develop, right? Because once again, like I said, it's easy to do it when you have the extra $2 in your pocket. But can you say no? Your brain, once you start to develop that discipline, it, it'll do so much for you. So my love. There are so many ideas and opinions as it pertains to joint accounts, separate accounts, et cetera. What are some of your philosophies, your opinions on that, right? So obviously we're married now, um, but people who are listening to this this episode that may be single, all of the above, people who are married, what are what are some of your philosophies on joint accounts, separate accounts? Ladies should have their own, men should yeah. have their own. What do you think? No, I definitely... Um... I definitely think each individual person needs to have their own account. So I say that just because I'm sorry, but we live in a world where, right, you can easily get a divorce. You can leave. Anything can happen. And you just never know whether it's cheating or not cheating or your spouse dies or passes. Something mm-hmm. happens. You have to be prepared. And I think that's why women need to have their own account. Men need to have their own account. And I'm not saying 
has to be a ton of money, but you need to at least have some kind of funnel of money going in there every single month because you have to be prepared. You never know what's going to happen and you need to have, you know, you just need to have something and you also need to have something that's like still like, that's my own. Yeah. And it goes into as little as, you know, even for us, um, you know, for myself, it's like if I buy a gift for you, right? Mm-hmm. If you have access to seeing every single thing I purchase, you know, it just ruins. There goes Christmas. There goes whatever. So I want to be able to have something, too, that it's like, this is my money. I want to buy him a gift. I don't want him to see, you know, the statement or whatever. I can do that. Um, So I think everybody needs to have, you know, something for their own. I think it makes you feel better, too, knowing Mm -hmm. like, hey, I got my own account. So if I'm going out with my girlfriends and I'm going to happy hour and I want to have, you know, an extra margarita, cool. I can't, it's coming out of my account. It's not going to bother him, you know, and I'm not saying (laughs) use that account to go crazy, you know, or whatever, but I just think people need to be prepared. Um, and then definitely, you know, again, everyone's going to do it different. I know for us, we have the joint account, which is all your, you know, your paychecks, everything, the majority of the money goes into that account. And that's how you funnel out mortgage, rent, Mm -hmm. you know, bills, groceries, everything. Um, so that's just... I but mean, then additionally, on top of that, yeah. we also have money that goes into separate accounts that's just fun money. Correct. Where it's like, hey, if you wanted to pick up a pair of sneakers or like like you said, you're out with your girls. Because one of, the, one of the things you have to understand is just because you become one in regards to family name, in regards to marital structure, you still have your own independent, individual right. things that you like. I don't drink. Right. But Caitlin, we still want to be human. <laughs> but Caitlin occasionally, like she said, will like a happy hour. So easily for me, it would be easy to say, no, we don't need to spend money on blah, blah, blah. But she has her own money that she could still do that with. Right. Just like vice versa. I enjoy dancing salsa. So a Caitlin may not care about spending a $10 cover fee to go dance salsa. Right. But I have my own individual account as well that we can do that. And she still gets the visibility and I still get the visibility of our joint account, which we do additional investments and all those different things. So we're still able to maintain that transparency. But at the same time, each person is getting a fair amount of money allocated to them every month that we call just fun money. And that's just kind of how we do it. And then we pick up the other tasks. But the cool thing is, is that she's really good with money. I'm pretty good with money. And we don't even blow through our fun money. You know what I mean? But it's cool to know that you have it. Like I say, I'm different. And and this is just my thing. I'm really big into spoiling my wife. I'm very upfront and open about that because I think that she is a very selfless person. And there's a lot of things in life that I know she can get if she wanted, but she would never do it for herself, i.e. my love wanted some Gucci slides and she wanted some Gucci shoes, right? I would never buy myself Gucci slides or Gucci shoes because that's just not my thing. But with our fun money, I'm able to go through and I'm able to do that. And she got a fresh pair of Gucci shoes sitting in the room right now because, you know what I mean? Like, that's her thing. There's also things that she knows that I really enjoy that she'll buy for me. Like, I wanted some Ray-Ban glasses, but I never would have personally bought me any Ray-Ban glasses. But she bought them for me, right? From fun money. So those are just ways that I'm giving you guys some of the tactics that we use and some of the best practices that may help you guys out um, in this crazy thing called love, money, and relationships. So one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about, and I know you're going to probably laugh Mm -hmm. about this, but this is really important (laughs) to me. When we first got together, we made a a conscious effort 
to say, hey, we're going to pursue becoming younger millionaires, right? So whether that's 45 and under, you know, we're trying to speed it up right now, you know, being a part of the FIRE movement and that type thing. If you don't know what FIRE movement is, it stands for Financially Independent Retire Early. And that is just people who are ultimately trying to put away as much money as they possibly can to retire as soon as they can. And that doesn't mean that you're going to be sitting at home not doing anything, but you want to be able to have that, that flexibility and that ability to say, we could walk away at any point if we ever want it, right? And so obviously, you know, in a couple of years, Caitlin and I would like to start a family and so many different things, but I want to make sure that we are in, and she wants to as well, make sure that we're in terrific financial position so we can be present, you know, in our little one's life. You know, if my daughter is in ballerina class or my son wants to be in the STEM program, I can be a part of that and she could be a part of it as well. So we've made a very conscious effort to become young millionaires. And as a result, sometimes we make sacrifices. We have to deny ourselves. We don't post as much on the gram on, you know, couple shoes together and some of the other things that we see online, right? Of people posting, you know. Yeah, we're not at a Jordan launch. Match, imagine, you know, and uh, like, Which I'm not, not trying to be judgmental, but that's just not, that's just not either. our thing, right? So no, no, no. how does that make you feel, right? Because we live in this, this hyper pressurized world where if you're not posting it, it's not happening, so to speak, right? right? And they're acting like, hey, you're not really doing nothing because you're not posting your your things or what you are talking about. Or I see a lot of people posting what they are going to do as opposed to what they're doing. How does that make you feel? Um, I mean, honestly, I'm okay with it. And I think just oh. because I know our goal and I know what we want out of life and I'm unapologetic about it, For truthfully. Sure. Um. I just think, yeah, it is hard because in the world we live in, it's so social media ran, right? Social media based. But if you think about social media, I mean, it's reality. Everyone on social media posts their best self. Mm, beautifully said. So behind the pictures, behind the videos, everything, it's always going to be, you know, truly the best. Um, and so I'm just saying it's nice to kind of step back and just because someone's not posting a photo every single day with their best self or in front mm-hmm. of someone else's car, right? That's not right. even their car, but right. just to look good um, doesn't mean that they're not doing anything. Right. And I think specifically that's um, that's us. And from time to time, you know, we get on there and show people just because, you know, you still want to stay relevant right. and let people know, hey, we are grinding <laughs> out here. So this right. is what we were afforded. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think staying off of that stuff doesn't mean we're not doing anything and like you said we do have a vision and you know no one else has to share that besides you and I but you and I ultimately know what we want and when we start a family and our financial goals um and so I think it goes into denying um we just got married so obviously I got my nails done things you know for our wedding but you know, it's been months and I can tell you, right. you know, about two and a half, three years ago, I was going on a regular. My nails were done, you know, every two weeks looking good because that's something that I enjoy. But guess what? I also right now am trying to go into, you know, like a career change and just doing different things because my passions have changed and what I want out of life right. is different. So I've learned even that something little of denying myself. I go to the store now and would buy a nail polish and paint my own nails, you know, right. just to save money. So, And I, I just, cut my own hair, you know. Right. And so I just want to say, yeah, those those little things that, and those sacrifices you kind of have to make. And at the same time, I say I'm unapologetic because guess what? I'm not on the gram and my nails aren't looking perfect and all those mm-hmm. things. But guess what? I don't care because at the end of the day, I know what my husband and I 
are doing. I know what our bank account looks like. I know, you know, I know all those things. And I just think people need to be happy with themselves and know like, hey, we're working, we're grinding, you know. No, of course, that's that's so, so articulate and so beautifully said to to even add more context to that, though, we do a lot of self-denial. Right. And and I'm just going to I'm just being transparent because this is our podcast. And um, I just want to I just want to get down and dirty with you guys on honesty. Right. So the goal is 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 to run your own race. That's mm-hmm. kind of been what we've always said. Right. But I gonna be fully transparent with you guys. My wife and I have a particular SUV that we that we want Range Rover and obviously I, we were at an impasse where I just got promoted level two executive at, at the company I work for all those different things I could have perfectly literally she sees me every day at work because uh, I'm working from home at this point she literally sees me on a regular basis I'm I'm on my zoom calls or whatever with with other executives and they all have large houses crown molding you know, big houses, you know, uh, so many nice pictures and stuff. And yet, you know what I mean? We live, we live, you know, we have a nice place, but you know what I mean? It's not what they have. And it's the same thing where we had the opportunity where it's like, I could literally go buy my wife a Range Rover cash right now if I wanted to. But we have made it a uh, a consensus effort to say the long-term goal, the long-term goal, the long-term. And here it is. I could literally justifiably, and even if I didn't want to buy a cash, I could literally go up to them and say, hey, yeah, we'll take that seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollar car payment and be fine with it. We could afford it. But we have chosen in exchange to say, no, you know, we say 47 percent of our income. We say 53 percent of our income, whatever that, that particular number is. We do that. And that's all because of denial for the greater good of we want to be young millionaires. We really want to make that happen. So that self-denial, I know that oftentimes it gets a little challenging. So I really wanted to know how you feel, because we live in a culture where it's like, if you're not posting, you know, if you're no, not if you're I not mean, flexing on people, it's like, yeah, it is challenging. Um, the other day, especially actually, as a woman, for, that's no, what I wanted instance, to know. The other day, truly, one of my girlfriends called me. We got back, just got back from the honeymoon. And, you know, besides asking how our honeymoon and the wedding was, literally the first question she asked me is like, OK, so you guys buying a house now? What are you doing? Right. You know, and that just goes into, I think there's nothing wrong with that. That's a normal question. That's a normal thought process of everybody. But at the same time, that's also what makes us a little bit unique and a little bit different. It's because him and I's conversation is not what house are we buying? It's what what's the next rental property we're that's buying? Right. That's you know, right. And obviously yeah, yeah. some people may not even know on here, but you know, that's something we're starting and building an empire that way too. And it's right. like, we're not focused right now on our individual home. And yeah, we plan to have somewhere, but guess what? We have a long-term goal and we again have more plans in the future of things that we want. And so that's not, you know, in our vision right now of like, Oh, what home are we buying for ourselves? We're interested in generational wealth and just creating more. And so, you know, it's just those little things. I'm just saying that there's nothing wrong with it. Just like he said, nothing wrong with people having houses and cars and all that. We're not hating on you guys or whatever not. you choose to do. Again, everybody, I just recommend run your own race and truly compete mm. with yourself. So us as a couple, it. we wake up tomorrow and it's like, hey, we got to be better than we were yesterday. Or, hey, this month we got to save more than we saved right. yesterday and vice versa. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is just don't compete with everybody else. And at this um and if you can deny yourself and just even those little things, like I said, when it comes to drinks or whatever, just do it if you have a goal. And I think, you know, 
that's really what it is. Uh, it's just so, self-discipline. So true. Self-discipline is like the key for it. And obviously, I don't want you guys to think that we're out here not enjoying nice things. We we do oh, nice, things. nice things. We we, we <laughs> you know we eat a particular hibachi restaurant almost once a week. You know, like but those things allow us to do that. But like she said, we already have one rental property that is tenanted. Thank you, Lord, um, and and generating you know great results there. And and going on, we're we're in the process of acquiring more. But I'm just so grateful to you, first and foremost, my love, for just. Uh, believing in the vision you know what i mean like you you came in out the gate and like i used to talk about i want to be a millionaire now we got like a provable plan on how to do it and we're not trying to say oh we're better than or anything we didn't we weren't born to uh opulence or a lot of money or anything it was just like yo you have a plan and you work it you know so i just wanted to really touch bases on that Mm -hmm. so as we get close to finalizing it i always do something with every one of our guests and it's called the kinetic conversations spitfire round that I always <laughs> that I always ask and then we'll give some tips and then we'll get out of here. Um, so thank you guys so much for your indulgence. So here's the spitfire round. I'm going to shoot a couple questions at you, five questions and then four or five and then you just answer them and then we'll we'll give some recommended tips and we'll get out of here. So okay. first thing you do when you wake up in the morning. Check my phone. Oh man, I thought you were gonna say coffee, but yep, check your phone. Is yeah, good. Then I get coffee. Coffee's a must. She yes. got a she got a brand new Keurig. Shout out to the in laws. Uh, that was awesome. So, um, if you had one superpower, what would it be? To fly. Mm, that's interesting. I always say to read people's minds, but I like that one. No, I, I'm with you on that. But I would love to fly if I could just get somewhere quick and it. I yeah, respect it. Fine. If you could have dinner with one person, who would it be and why? Ooh, my girl. Chrissy Teigen. I absolutely love mm-hmm. her. Um, I say why is just because she's unapologetically getting herself. She says what she wants, you know, the way she feels. I just love, you know, how she is about family and her thought process. I just, I connect with her. I feel like very much that's me. <laughs> absolutely. All right. And then my final question to you is what financial topic do you think should be discussed or taught more? Whether that's in schools, to young people, to young women, to young men, all of the above, what's a financial topic? Do you think it's like budgeting, I think taxes? I, would say, you know? um, I really would say budgeting, and I think it needs to be taught definitely in high school. I think everyone needs to be prepared before they leave school to know sure. because I think you know you don't know what you don't know, and I think people just say, okay, there you go, you're 18, and they throw you out in the world, and people don't know like, hey, <laughs> I got to save, or like you said, the credit, or all those things, so I definitely think... Um, Budgeting, though, would probably be my the biggest thing I would say everyone needs to learn and do. No, that's super huge. So as we get to wrapping this up, um, we created some tips, five tips that we just believed um, has helped us and we hope that they help you guys. Um, so what I what I went ahead and enumerated them as is tips for love, relationships and money. And this goes for singles and couples alike. So it can work either way. The first one that we have is you need to have an independent account. So be transparent. So it's okay to keep a separate account. This is your money that you still take care of you because maintaining that independence and that autonomy is huge for a relationship because you're going to still be able to find your voice. You're still going to be able to say, hey, I'm a part of this. Um, But, you know. Hate to say it, but stuff happens in life. And you don't want to be in a situation where somebody's like, you need to get out of my house and you, and you can't no afford money. to go get a rent or deposit or anything like that. And I will tell you guys this as a very secure man in my relationship, I stress to my wife, you got to have your own too. Yep. You got to have your own too. 
from the moment I walked in here, I'm always like, make sure you put something away for you too. And I don't ever intend to go anywhere. And I know she doesn't intend to go anywhere, but that's just the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter also is, is that if she ever takes a trip, you know, overseas or something, I want her to know, hey, you're good on top of good. So you got our account and you got your account. You got to have options. Um, So that's the first one we have is have an independent account. The second one is set yourself up for success. So I love that she brought this one up and this was her idea. She said, set yourself up for success individual before you even go into relationship. Make sure that you're working actively on your own credit. Make sure that you're actively working on what your savings rate is. Make sure that you're actively working toward, you know, filling up that 401k. If you get that at work, understanding just ultimately what financial literacy is. Um, and that will ultimately help the team because when we got married, she brought money over too. When I got married, I was able to bring money over too. When we got married, we both brought good credit scores. All of those different things matter and helps out. So when you get in a relationship, whatever their baggage is, guess what? That's your baggage. It's your baggage. Right. And I think people forget. And it's just because you're single talking to you out there. Guess what? Because you are single, that's a blessing because you exactly have time right. to get yourself together. You shouldn't be together 10 years and you guys still barely have anything in the savings. I'm sorry, but right. right there, that's a red flag. You know, you gotta get yourself together when you're you know, get yourself together when you're not together. So then when you come together with someone, you can start building on top of what you already have. That's Absolutely. so important. Absolutely. The third one is have a plan and a path to get there. So speaking of plan, before we got married, I had told her, I used to always tell her, before I get married, I'm gonna have my student loan paid off and my car is gonna be paid off. And I'm happy to report that here I sit debt free with an asset, you know, uh, an income producing asset, all because I had a plan and I had a path to get there. So don't be afraid to have a plan and a path to get there. The other thing is set annual goals. So every year, something that we do in our relationship is we sit down and we jot down our goals. We already talked about how we're going to do it this year. It it could be you, you guys doing it over you know, eggnog or drinks or whatever your thing is, you know what I mean? Just enjoying it, writing it down. Make sure that you foster an environment which is healthy. So, you know, if you're in there and you're just talking about, hey, I'm really impressed by what you've done this year, but set annual goals. And final one, I'll let the missus wrap that one up, which is... Run your own race. Absolutely. What does that mean to you, baby? I mean, I touched on that earlier, but just don't compare yourself to others, truly. As an individual, don't compare yourself to others as... A couple, don't compare yourself to others. Be happy with who you are. Know you're working to make yourself better every single day as an individual. And, you know, in your relationship. And it gets hard because this world, right? Everybody's got flashy something or something more than you. But you just have to know, hey, this is what I'm about. And No, I absolutely love that. We famously say something in in our family, in our household, which is, you know, bet on the turtle. Mm-hmm. which is from the old story, the tur- the tortoise and the hare. Like, if you're a turtle and you just one step at a time, bet on yourself. Continue to keep putting one foot in front of the other, and eventually you're going to get there. And I think too many people in life are so much focused on the immediacy of reaching a goal Facts. as opposed to the eventuality of it. So you got to make sure that you understand, hey, I might not immediately get there, but I will eventually get there. And that's the goal. So as we wrap this up, the recommended book for this episode is The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. 
My lady found that one and we've used it. It's been terrific in knowing what our love languages is, how we communicate with each other, because communication in the financial world is key. And it's key in so many other aspects of relationships and love and money. But love languages is so important. So as we conclude this episode of the Kinetic Conversations Financial Podcast, I first want to thank my new wife, my love, <laughs> thank you. my business partner, my my hitter for joining the show and just dropping gems, sweetie. It was so it was so informative. It was raw. It was real. Um, it was just dope. It was just dope. And you guys know it's our goal here on this podcast to always activate, engage, and inspire the listeners. And we hope we accomplish that today. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Thank you again, my queen, for joining. All the best and Godspeed.